Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And today we will be looking at Season 2, Episode 10 of The Sopranos, titled Bust Out. This episode aired March 19th, 2000. It was written by Frank Renzulli, Mitchell Burgess, and Robin Green, and it was directed by John Patterson. Here is the HBO synopsis for this episode. Richie meets with Tony to complain about his end of the garbage business, then meets with Junior to complain about Tony. Later, Tony orchestrates the planned bankruptcy of David Scatino's sporting goods store while Scatino's wife introduces Carmela to her handsome, widowed brother. And that's it from the HBO synopsis, mm-hmm. leaving out maybe the most important part of this episode. I don't know why I keep it a secret mm-hmm. from us in the synopsis, but I would add to it, Tony prepares to take a long trip somewhere. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's only what the entire episode is actually about. Right? It's funny, too, these uh, synopses, sometimes they do just totally spoil the most important parts of the episode. Yeah. And then other times, I guess, you know, this being an example, there are glaring omissions. Right. Well, hey, that's just how it goes, I guess. I mean, we open up the episode in the police station where a civilian is there pointing out the ID of Tony. Mm-hmm. saying he also saw a heavyset man, but definitely saw Tony Soprano. Right. So I think I mentioned to you early on in the week before we started watching this episode that I had some problems with this episode. I remember that. And uncomfortability with it. Yeah. One thing with this episode is just the fact that Tony can get away with shooting a man in broad daylight on the dock of a river and drive off in the man's boat but then in the dead of night he is spotted like facial recognition spotted by somebody who's never seen him before in his life and is able to pick him out in a photo lineup right yeah (laughs) that irks me to no end yeah tony has committed two murders uh to date in broad day yeah. Uh, no consequences whatsoever from those. And I mean, I maintain that the second one, they really just did for fun. And of course, I'm talking about I... the one where we've talked about this a couple times. He pulls the gun out of the fish. Yeah. I think at that in that scene, they were sort of the writers throwing caution in the wind. And they were like, you know what? Let's just have fun with this scene. Like, would this ever practically, realistically happen? No. But, you know, they really tried to make that finale of season one as climactic and as big as they could make it. So then they threw that in there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that that, that scene is, is sort of problematic. And then, you know, when you get here, I could totally understand why this uh, bumps a little bit for you. It does. Yeah. It bumps, but I I can make it through. Mm-hmm. I can make it through it because it is very intense yeah. and exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's great. We see Tony in a state that we've never seen him before, for sure. And a yeah. little detail that I noticed, uh, it's literally the first shot mm-hmm. of uh, the episode when we're seeing Tony's mugshot mm-hmm. and he's getting positively ID'd. I was like, who is, what's the picture under Tony? And mm-hmm. I actually paused it. It's freaking like DeMeo again. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. A DeMeo. 
Wow. Yeah, so Good who catch. knows who that character is. Uh, and, you know, we were talking about the Many Saints of Newark, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, the upcoming, well, the recently announced Sopranos prequel film. Yeah. That's about to go into production. And, uh, you know, maybe the DeMeos are going to be a big part of that film. They maybe. should be. They, they absolutely yeah, should Yeah, maybe we'll be. finally get down to the bottom of just what this family is. Yeah. The DeMeo family. So the... Uh, the synopsis did mention how Richie is upset with his end of the garbage mm-hmm. business. And we get this scene with him and Tony at the mall by a carousel. And it right. opens up in a very interesting way of Tony having a flashback of the killing. Yeah. Matthew. You know, yeah. It's disturbing, you know, small child in the mall lost calling out for his mom. And then Tony has that flashback to Matt calling out for his mom just before Tony blew him away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Tony, that image has lingered with him a little bit. Yeah. Before he's even found out that Mm -hmm. it kind of went awry with the civilian. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think we'll kind of see that for Tony, you know, he's not remorseful about doing what he did, but he would probably rather have not done it, you know, especially to someone that young. Yeah. There is such (laughs) a funny line here. It's so self-deprecating from Tony. And to say it to Richie, I found it just so amusing because Tony had been waiting and Richie's like, hope you hadn't been waiting long. Tony says, no problem. I went over to Brookstone. and I got myself a scale. What? Right. Yeah. Really? Okay. That's funny. It's going to be a little self-deprecating there. It's funny. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Tony's kind of in a jovial mood once Richie shows up. I think Tony just sort of likes to fuck with Richie a little bit. Yeah. And he sort of likes seeing Richie peeved. And, you know, Tony's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do what I can do. But, you know, you'll notice that when Richie says... Yeah, you know, see what you can do about this, getting me a better deal, since you, you know, after all, own part of the garbage company. Uh, And then, you know, Richie, like, walks off, and Tony just has a huge smile on his face. He does. He has a big smile on his face. I also noticed that Tony pulled another Lebowski, the dude moment. Exactly. He he picked off, uh, cherry-picked Junior's saying, You're like the old woman who's got a Virginia ham under her arm, and and she goes around crying because she's got no bread. And here's the thing that's perfect. I mean, uh, I might be screwing up big here, but I don't think I am. I believe that that was said to Tony by Junior in the Happy Wanderer episode. Yeah. And that's just funny because this episode, in a sense, Bust Out, is kind of part Happy Wanderer part two. Yeah, yeah. You know, we you pick up the Davy uh, storyline. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Oh, you know what? I've just thought about it. But we do have Mitchell Burgess and Robin Green. Mm-hmm writing this episode right but we do not have a family dinner we don't i am hurt that it has gone cold i'm sorry gavin i mean they were on a total streak they really were. Uh, they hadn't failed us damn but i would argue you know this is a reach we do get a bit of a family dinner type scene i mean it really isn't one at all but if we want to keep okay. the streak going of, yes. you know, Green and Burgess contributing these kinds of scenes, there is a moment towards the end of the episode between Tony and Meadow. Okay. And it at least involves Tony sitting at a table talking <laughs> in his house. Okay. In the kitchen. That's that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. For sure. Yeah. And next we're in the bedroom. 
with Tony and Carmela. And Tony makes this point of really wanting to hang out with AJ more. And this might go to what you were saying about his maybe remorse for killing such a young man like Matt. And maybe that's why he wants to hang out with AJ a little longer. Yeah. A yeah. little more, I should say. Right. Yeah. No, that's absolutely it. You know, it's kind of like, wow, this really didn't need to happen. I think Tony as boss, you know, doesn't feel bad about killing Matt, but Tony as father, you know, he hmm. can't help but think, oh, maybe if this kid had had better parenting or better guidance or something, uh, he wouldn't have gone down the road that, you know, led to the, um, you know, barrel of my gun. Yeah. <laughs> discharging in his face. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there is a part of Tony, again, he just wishes that he didn't have to kill Matt. He right. had to kill him, but he would much rather have not killed him. I mean, he even brings it up yeah. to Carmela. Mm-hmm. He brings up that poor kid who got shot up. Right. You know, this. there is some guilt here that he's yeah. dealing with. I mean, I think in that final moment, and this, I think, you know, you'll see it in the flashback that Tony had in this, uh, you know, scene with Richie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what you see is that Tony just kind of feels bad, I guess, that, you know, this kid was so, yeah, scared, mm-hmm. you know, in the end, you know, like, I think that that kind of reached Tony on a human level. Again, he had to do it, but, you know, it is sort of sad, mm. Matt's whole life and the way that it ended. Yeah. And now we get to look at the continuing decline of Davy. Oh, man. Scatino. Yeah, talk about rock bottom. You know, this is the part of the show. I mentioned it in Happy Wanderer, but this is the part of the show I like, the the business end and how this all breaks down. And this is just a wonderful scene of how they're going to pinch him for every penny. Right. And ruin the rest of his life. Yeah. But gain so much for themselves. Exactly. And, you know, as... uh... They state in The Godfather, this is business, not personal. Mm-hmm. Like, you really see they're not mad at Davey. Like, they don't want him to, like, suffer, really. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is business. This is how it works. Yeah. You know, he's uh, obviously afraid. You know, they're having him order, like, all of this stuff that he won't be able to sell uh, because they're going to take it and flip it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like well, I can't pay the vendors. What happens when they figure out that I'm not going to pay them? And, you know, our Soprano crew is just kind of like, uh, it's, you know, your problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and it's yeah. also kind of fun to see. We just saw Richie and Tony have a, a small clash, but now they're they're working so well in tandem together here. Oh, yeah. Of just tearing apart Davey. Yeah. It's so funny to see because... You know, Richie lays it out for him, as you were saying, like, what does happen? When your fucking credit runs out, Diamond Jim, until then, get on a fucking horn and order, unless you're ready to pay us the principal you owe us. We get that nice shot of Tony looking at Davey with that kind of, like, shrug and a nod, like, you heard the man. That's yeah. what it has to be. Another another great concluding look from James Gandolfini. Yeah. You know, he's he's almost tickled by this. You know, it's kind oh, of like, well, hey, yeah, I mean, we we don't have to be here. All you have to do is just give us the money that you owe us and right. we'll leave, you know. Right. Oh, you can't? Well, then this is just going to continue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Ordering cases of water yeah. that shows up everywhere in coolers that shows up everywhere in the episode. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but just I, I, I do like this business end of it. It's mm-hmm. so it's so fun to see. Mm-hmm. You know how, yeah. they, how they do make a living. No, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So now we do get Tony and AJ hanging out just uh, as he wanted to, hanging out by the pool. And then they're interrupted by the maid saying that the police are here. And it's just so funny when he walks up to her and he says, Did you let them in the house? Warrant. Warrant. How do you say it in fucking Polish? It's great, you know, how Tony abuses his maid. Yeah. But gives her husband a lovely jacket. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we have Agent Harris and the detective from the earlier scene want him to come down and talk about Matt. Right. But he's playing dumb as they were playing dumb before in the previous episode when they were asking, the police were asking about, hey, you know, yeah, do you know who these kids were? But Tony politely has them fuck off. Yeah, of right. course. Uh, you know, Tony is obviously not happy to see the feds in his house, but then when they drop the Matt Bevilacqua in his head, you know, the alarm bells go off. And of course this is going to propel him through the remainder of the episode mm-hmm. grappling with this uh, dilemma. Right. And what's cool though, is that you see Tony as the boss and the leader for a reason. He's not going to let the feds see him sweat at all, even though inside he's beginning to panic and he knows that, this is trouble that this isn't something he can just brush aside. You know, he acts like it's just completely casual. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could argue that partly that's just about, you know, not giving them any more reason to suspect him. So he has to act completely innocent. I will say though, that Tony, there is a moment I noticed that Tony almost gives something away in his look when they mention the Bevilacqua kid, but AJ comes in and interrupts that. Right. And he's able to refocus his mm-hmm. attention and, and have them get out, have AJ wait. You're right. So, but yeah, no, he, I mean, he, he is clever and he's not going to come down with them to the station at all. No. Somebody else who was involved, who's going to get a little bit of a grilling is going to be pussy. Yeah. Being grilled by Skip. Yes. In the next scene. Yeah. And it's just, it's really, it's funny watching Skip go off. Right. On, on Thal. I mean, he's finally losing patience. <laughs> I know. I mean, I guess we saw Skip really lose patience in um, D-Girl, right? Where he, mm-hmm. you know, officially orders Pussy to put on the wire. Right. And, you know, that's a huge conundrum for Pussy. And he cries, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I do like this scene because... We get to see how Pussy is also good at lying and denying. Skip confronts him directly and was like, you were there when Tony murdered Matt Bevilacqua. Yeah. And I know that you were there. Like, don't even try to deny it. But Pussy denies it actually, like, really well. He actually does a better job than Tony. Yeah, I mean, he has to be innocent. careful. Yeah. He has to. Mm-hmm. Because he was there. Yeah, he was there, and he shot Matt Bevilacqua, you know, as he stood next to Tony, who also shot him. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of puts Pussy in a tough spot, but he kind of sails through it. And, you know, he also adds, hey, even if I did ride with Tony on a mission like that, wouldn't that be a good thing? Because it would help me, you know, be in his good graces, and it would help him to trust me. And And he uh, says, that's... That's cute, Thal. Right. I'm sorry to make fun of his list, but Louis Lombardi just yeah. has a Well, I mean, it's one perfect. of his more distinctive uh, attributes. Yes. But, you know, it makes him stand out. 
It really does. Yeah, and I would actually rather he have the list than just be a regular guy without one. Hmm, yeah. uh, because, you know, it makes the character different. With a lisp, it's how can he be so intimidating? What is right. this man's bad side? Yeah, what is Skip's darker side? Right. Yes. But they uh, do have a very yeah. fun dialogue here. He says, Well, there was someone else with Tony the night he shot the kid up. A quote-unquote husky accomplice. Yeah. Yeah. But the witness couldn't ID him. Oh. Oh. This is yeah. like play on with the words. Yeah. Yeah and yeah and O and O. Well, I'm noticing that I'm really starting to, or not starting to, but I'm just enjoying their scenes together. Yeah. You know, especially as I go back through the previous episodes. Like whenever they have a scene together, these two guys, uh, Skip and Pussy, like it's never a dud scene. It's always like pretty entertaining because mm -hmm. you have Skip being like, I'm frustrated. I know you're lying to me. I know you're not giving me everything that you could. And then Pussy just lies. Mm -hmm. And yet you get the sense that because they spend so much time together and in a way have to rely on each other that they sort of are friends mm -hmm. and so it's just an interesting dynamic to see there yeah and uh you know it is fun to see how pussy spins what's actually going on into the bullshit that he feeds skip you know yeah and it's also a the scene is a confirmation at least for me because i was so worried last week that pussy might be wearing a wire this is at least confirmation that he wasn't right. at the time of the killing. Exactly. But Skip definitely wants in the future for him to be wearing something. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still worried. Yeah. Next, we have Tony and his lawyer. As you would do, the wisest thing, go to your lawyer when the feds and detectives come to your house. Yeah, Neil. Yeah. Is he really holding a cigar in this moment? Like a <laughs> yeah. giant cigar, unlit cigar is just yeah in his hand for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, he is he is the mayor of New York after all. After all, he is. Yeah. You're right. That's true. And Tony, I mean, Tony is very concerned. We haven't seen him. I'm going to say concerned, not scared. As later on, he says he wouldn't use that word. Mm -hmm. But he seemed very concerned. This is something that's almost too close to him. And he was already guilt, felt guilty mm -hmm. about the crime. Yeah. And he, make, he tries to make the case throughout this episode how he didn't do anything wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, after all, not to keep, you know, hitting this nail on the head, but he's like, wow, how I can only imagine Tony's thinking, I did this in the dead of night in this remote location. I thought I was completely safe. Mm -hmm. Last year, I pulled a pistol out of a fish <laughs> yeah. and shot a man at 1230 in the afternoon yeah. while I wore a captain's hat. Yeah. <laughs> and no one had anything to say. Yeah. Where's this coming from? Right. Yeah. He has, he has every right to be angry about yeah. it. Yeah. He's every frustrated. Right. For sure. Yeah. So one thing that's interesting about this episode is how Davy's wife fits in to mm -hmm. all of it as well. Yeah. Because she introduces Carmela to Vic, her uh, brother. Yes. Widowed brother. Yes. Very handsome man, a man's man. Mm -hmm. And Carmela instantly falls for him. Right. Yeah. Crush. They have. Yeah. Yeah. They have a moment where they definitely um, are interested in each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, this guy's really well cast, this actor, because he does look 
sort of sad and broken and yeah. like he's in grief in every single scene. He yeah. just sort of has like this sad sack face, even though he is a handsome guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And that is just sort of, you know, it makes his fictional backstory very, very real, yeah. which is that, you know, he's uh, recently lost his wife and is just kind of, you know, he's just kind of sad all the time. Before she actually meets Vic, they're in the kitchen. And it's just interesting because both these women are talking about how Eric's car is now Meadow's car, all this stuff. So sorry. Neither of them realize, you know, the truth of it all and how it's going down. Mm -hmm. And it's just sad to see Mm -hmm. that both of them are kind of caught up in something that their husbands are involved in. Right. And they're in the dark. Exactly. So... How great... Okay, so when Vic and Carmela meet, he says he's bonded, state certified, but still dangerous. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cute line to throw in there for mm-hmm. the fact that her husband is absolutely dangerous. Yeah. But he's trying to be you know, coy and playful. Yeah, uh, he's trying to flirt. It's funny. Does he not know who the Sopranos are? When they leave, he's like, well, I just respect the ring. I don't care who the man is. Yeah. It's like, mm. So he's never heard of Tony. I, I, mean, I find that hard to believe. Maybe vaguely. Yeah. I would imagine. Okay. I mean, the yeah, even Christine makes the comment about how the ring came off a, might have come off a dead person. Right. And he doesn't really even flinch yeah. to that. Well, I guess when you are excited about a woman you have selective hearing yeah which you know hey yeah can't blame him and let's just point out to edie falco's look that she gives as he leaves she's so happy and then the realization that she's caught up in this infatuation Mm -hmm. is just it was really good yeah really good little bit of nonverbal acting you can see it all like processing through her head like oh god i can't i can't be right okay back to back to my life yeah yeah there are several moments of nonverbal acting in this episode that i noticed and are really strong yeah well we have a strong cast and so it's funny that that ends that scene ends with christine saying probably came off a dead person cut to davy about to shoot himself yeah well i don't know if he's about to do it but he's definitely like mulling it over he's playing he's, with yeah it, playing with the idea yeah sure. he's got the gun you know to his temple and he's just i mean also he looks terrible uh as established in his previous scene you know he's unshaven mm. uh his eyes are watery i mean i think he pretty much cries in every <laughs> single scene that we see him in in this episode i mean this yeah. guy is completely broken with nothing to live for. I mean, he's been thoroughly destroyed by Tony. Uh, And, well, I mean, also I think what makes it even worse is that Davey recognizes that he did this to himself in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. You know, Tony didn't force him to gamble. In fact, Tony tried to tell him, don't gamble. Yeah, that's true. So Christine... Uh, she interrupts the kind of suicide attempt in a way. I mean, he hears her coming down into the basement, and so he very quickly uh, pretends to be changing a light. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of how that concludes. Yeah. Him snapping at her. Right. Just wants to fix the light, Christine. Calm down. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, okay, so remember back in, like, I think it was episode three, the when Richie 
came to the scene mm-hmm. and he couldn't get off with just the BJ mm-hmm. in the dark. And I had mentioned like, well, I think he's into a little bit something else. He needs yeah. a little bit more. Right. This was the scene that I was talking about. Sure. With him and Janice. He's fucking holding a gun to her head. Yeah. During that's, sex. Yes. I think that's the kind of thing he needs yeah. to get him off. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you're right. Yeah. He needs it to be really extreme. Violent. Yeah. Violent yeah. and, uh, you know, unsentimental, unromantic. I mean, maybe this was just the practical sort of reality of how they wanted to shoot the scene. But, you know, just the fact that they're both pretty much fully clothed during sex. Well, we do see uh, yeah. Richie's buttocks. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, I think I just blocked that out. Oh, I yeah. I did too. Right. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> oh, sure you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I watched the episode twice. Do I mention right. that? Did you <clears throat> pause it both times when we got nope. to David Preval's buttocks? No. <laughs> okay. No. I'm going to choose to believe you. Okay. Like like Skip says to Pussy, I'll choose to believe you. <laughs> David Proval's butt aside, yes. there is an actual like very important component to this scene, which is oh, yeah. uh, Janice's dirty talk totally makes, you know, Richie go limp, basically. And he's angry at what she's been saying, the implications of her dirty talk. Oh, he's incredibly angry. He shouts at her. Don't whack me. And I mean, I haven't seen him more furious mm-hmm. with that. that right. Line. David Proval delivers it so sharply. And he does with such rage that. Yeah. Yeah. Vicious. But he, he easily comes down and, and calmly speaks to her about what, you know, you can't keep playing Lady Macbeth because I'm too much old. I'm, I'm too old school for that. Mm hmm. To not be loyal, to not be, yeah. you know, follow the rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Janice is just basically telling Richie to go after Tony and try and take Tony out, you know, her brother, yeah. which is, you know, just hilariously, <laughs> like, evil. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Richie is saying no. You know, he pushes back. And, it's. I mean, I don't know if we want to include the audio here of just her being like, you know, you're the boss. It should be you. We uh, we won't. I think okay. everybody knows what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that's just good stuff. I mean, just the suggestion there. Yeah. And um, what happens next, I think, after Richie says, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to challenge Tony, no matter how angry I am. And I'm really, really angry at Tony. Mm-hmm. I'm still not going to challenge him because that's just not what you do. Right. Uh, and then, of course, we get the perfectly timed entrance <laughs> of a character that we didn't know was there necessarily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Livia. Oh, my God. She's coming down in a chair yeah. down the stairs. Right. Oh. It's just so funny. It reminded me. There was just something, just the timing of it, the way that it worked. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the Coen brothers or something. You know, mm-hmm. she just kind of, and just the sound as she slowly <laughs> glides down at like less than half a mile per hour. Yeah. The and, first thing yeah. asking if, if they're smoking marijuana. Right. Oh, God. I mean, you have to imagine that this exact same, a version of this happened, you know, 35 years ago or whatever. Right. When Richie and Janice were younger hooking up. 
it's just so great and yeah, how they have to get up and like you know put their clothes on and cover up like their kids again yeah yeah that's really good if the mood wasn't killed before it certainly it, was definitely now. killed now yeah. but we're not done with you know sex because we we jump now to a sex dream that wakes up carmella that's right yeah she's obviously thinking of vic yeah we can assume. Uh, so we are just getting a little uh, naughty Carmella. Yeah. Being, um, you know, it's it's growing. Right. Her feelings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She can't get this guy off her mind. You know, uh, she wants him to wallpaper the house. And oh, yes. That's a euphemism. Yeah. I mean, it sort of <laughs> is in a way. Like, <laughs> I was I was actually thinking that's really funny you know yeah wallpaper the living room or whatever sounds weirdly like a euphemism for sex it totally is not but it could it could I be. think we're gonna make it that. yeah uh, uh so what happened while i was watching is that i didn't actually realize that tony had no idea yet that it was a civilian that id'd him but this next scene reveals that to him and tony is kind of wondering just right from the top how come pussy hasn't been questioned yet? Why was he the only one that was questioned? Doesn't make much sense to him that he was the only one ID'd. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not very good. No. You know, like that doesn't look good. And then pussy, of course, replies, well, who says that they haven't? He's very. Or, or, or he's, who says they won't? Right? He's acting very coolly about yeah. it. Like, you know, he's playing it in a way that yeah. he was prepared to answer these kind of questions from him yeah yeah he has to really tread carefully here i mean we see pussy being quite sharp you know because he has to be he knows that if he says the wrong thing or he says something in the wrong way you know that could be the end so he really has to be very 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 careful and he does a good job of being careful yeah and then Polly and furio come in mm -hmm. announcing to tony that it was a civilian yeah that id'd him and tony just loses it right yeah, because this guy is going to be protected. This guy, you know, if it's not a rat, like, and he's anonymous too, it's a civilian. Uh, so Tony's basically like, okay, I'm fucked. Mm -hmm. He might he have to lamb chop it. Yeah, <laughs> as Furio says. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Maybe you lamb chop it for a bit. And uh, Tony's just panicked. You know, he never really you know, thought that he would have to lamb it. Like he knew it was a possibility perhaps one day, but now he's actually looking at it, you know, right. realistically thinking like, yeah, I might have to just bolt, you know, I, as soon as tonight, like, I don't know, you know, so he's definitely worried. He's mm -hmm. in distress. Absolutely. And just like with Livia's entrance where it was kind of out of nowhere, we didn't know that she was there. Right. Out of nowhere, Davey comes busting in saying, I'm opening my mail and it's a lawsuit. There's a fucking lead on the building. They're going to close me down. Davey, not fucking now, okay? They're going to know after this that it's fraud. I'm going to go to jail for this. Get, get the fuck back in your fucking hole. Now! It's really, really funny. So yeah. funny. Yeah, he just... <laughs> he's just... It's weird. He's just like this like little kid or something. You know what I mean? He's just like so pitiful. And well, he's so scared. It's just so yeah. funny because he says... You know, he's going to jail. Mm -hmm. And Tony just loses it from there because Tony could seriously go to jail. Yeah. Tells him to go back to his fucking hole. Right. <laughs> and then quickly apologizes to yeah. Davey, which is really funny. Davey, 
You're doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, Tony literally just scares Davy away like he's like a little bunny rabbit. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Davey even, like, trips, you know, yeah. over some sporting gear <laughs> on his way back and just running back to his hole, as Tony described it. And, yeah, the apology is, like, really funny. Tony mm-hmm. relents, you know. He, he sees, hey, this guy is not a threat to me in any way. He's just super broken and pathetic. Yeah. And, again, just throughout this scene, Pussy is very, you know, cool, collected, answering real quick mm-hmm. to you know, what's going on. He even, but he does, there are even looks of fear mm-hmm. in his eyes as well, just yeah. of the implications of it all. Sure. And I mean, doesn't he say it's, you know, this is very specifically a line that comes out of pussy's mouth when Polly says, First off, it's not a right. Thank God. I don't thank him yet. Right. You know, I love that stuff. Yeah. Now, Christine and Carmela meet up, as they said they would, at Vesuvio's. And Artie has these bottles of Ramlosa mm-hmm. that he only got because Tony was milking Davy for them. I just it's it's funny how these little pieces are, you know, coming yeah. into other scenes and other people's lives. I love it. Yeah, and it's not the last time we're gonna see that bottle. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, it's actually really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess we get in this scene just a further kind of affirmation of the fact that Vic is interested in Carmela. Carmela is interested in Vic. Christine thinks that this is sort of cute mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, I think everyone assumes that nothing's going to happen and no one's going to do anything. Right. Absolutely. But, you know, because why would that happen? You know, Carmela's married. Uh, but still, it's just kind of, hey, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And so with Tony wanting to hang out with AJ more and AJ being a teenager and not always want to be hanging out with his dad, uh, he gets rejected right away from AJ. It's sweet how Tony wants to hang out with him, though. But it does lead Tony to Melfi's office to kind of vent about how it's over. It's done. He's lost his kids. Well, also, too, I mean, I think that Tony is feeling this so strongly because he might, after all, have to lamb chop it at any second. Mm -hmm. So he's sort of desperate to spend time with his kids. I mean, it's like he, he approached AJ, you know, with a fishing pole. Right. And he wants to have this almost like cliched, like father son bonding experience of like, yeah, we're literally going to go out and go fishing. Uh, let's do it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's, there's just a sort of desperation in Tony to uh, to connect with AJ because, you know, he loves AJ and he might not be seeing him for a very long time if things don't go Tony's way. Yeah. The stakes have been raised significantly yeah. about hanging out with his children. Mm-hmm. Now, this Melfi scene felt very this was part of the episode where i I felt very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it was shot differently than most of the therapy scenes that we've seen it's on the other side right of where they're sitting so normally we're coming i I don't even know how to describe this but i think everybody knows what i'm talking about is that we're on the side of her desk normally we're viewing them discussing things from that side typically yeah we've had a couple of scenes where it's been on the others but this one is primarily just on the other side yeah so we're basically usually in our melfi therapy scenes we're to the left of the characters yeah and then in this one we're shooting you know from the right 
Well, I guess it depends on which character you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's also in a my... circular room. Yeah. This is not going to be good. For... <laughs> and we're also discussing visuals uh, in detail <laughs> in a, a podcast. podcast. Yeah. So maybe we should just stay away from okay. this. But what viewers, I... you'll notice it yeah. does look different. It does look different. It looks a little bit darker. Sure. It's lit darker. I, I, I don't know. And Melfi looks terrible. Doesn't oh. she? I felt I like really notice. this whole time she's definitely suffering from the pills and mm-hmm. drinking she mm-hmm. is clutching herself at times where she normally wouldn't mm-hmm. she's now i wouldn't say slurring her words but they aren't as sharp and quick-witted as they mm-hmm. normally are um you know when he tells her i mean he tells her flat out he could be going away for a long time mm-hmm. you know he he this is the part where he says like I didn't do nothing wrong. And that's interesting because he already does feel the guilt. Yeah. That he did do something really wrong. Yeah. It's not like, you know, before a previous episode, we talked about soldiers and he's a soldier. He can't go to hell because he's a soldier killing another soldier. But there's something about it that is really tearing him up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a slight subtle inner conflict there. Mm hmm. Yeah. Again, I don't think he is going as far as to say to himself, oh, I wish I hadn't done that, or I'm wrong for doing that. Mm-hmm. But he's a human being. What's well, the father's side, like yeah, you said. Yeah, and to see yeah, to see Matt react that way before Tony murdered him, it, it does linger, mm-hmm. for sure. But he lays into Melfi. He lays into her because she's not really being consoling in mm-hmm. any way. And this is where I just, I I noticed her kind of clutching herself, worried about it. She asks him, well, you know, how do you, how does this make you feel? And he very sincerely says, like, I just want to be around long enough for the kids. And the anger, I mean, does he deserve it or not? Melfi just ends the session. Right. Yeah. Uh, Because she can see that he might be close to getting out of control. But she likes that. That's the thing. Doesn't she normally like push him to that point? And I feel like she's not. And I, 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 I see some, I see at least Lorraine Bracco playing it in a way that, you know, Melfi is going through something herself. That's traumatic. Yeah. I agree with that. And I would also add that she says in this scene i've never seen you like this like what scared i think that she's right actually like tony is scared and this is the most scared we've seen him since the beginning of the series Mm -hmm. and i think maybe that concerns her um Mm. to an extra degree you know she's seen tony in a state of rage uh she's seen tony neutral she's seen tony sad but she hasn't seen him scared and so this is sort of like a new dimension and she's like, whoa, if this like super powerful, brutal guy is scared, uh, I can't predict what he might do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I also like looking at Melfi's situation as well, because I don't want us to treat her as just this sort of punching bag or object that Tony just uses to, you know, hit one liners off and, right. and deal with his things. Like, this is a character. She is a full character. She has, you know, an arc and, you know, we can see something is going on. 
here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's important to pay attention to that because mm-hmm. I agree, you know, we shouldn't view Melfi as solely a uh, reactive character. Yeah, exactly. But now we head back to the sporting goods store. Paulie, waiting for Tony there, says they still can't find the witness because that's what they're working on. But the it's, you know, it's now in the hands of the Fed, so it's going to be a tighter case than if it was just the local PD. And he leaves, and Tony finds Davey in one of the tents. Yeah, looking as pathetic as a man can look, sleeping in the sporting goods store, in a tent next to an empty pizza box. Yeah. yeah, I think this is maybe the best scene Yeah, of this episode. I, I really yeah. like this. This is a good scene. I mean, one thing I wanted to say just before we like delve into this conversation mm-hmm. between Davey and Tony is that as we're talking about this episode, I realized that Tony's dilemma of being concerned about, hey, am I about to be brought down? Am I about to, you know, be hauled in and there's nothing I can do about it? Mm-hmm. it it's kind of um, analogous, if that is the right word, to sort of a person who is waiting on like biopsy results oh, in wow, a yeah. way. I feel like it's that same level of panic, you know, that mm-hmm. same level of like extreme inner fear and tension, uh, just that kind of, yeah, it's not looking good right. and you know, I'm going to get a call and the doctor is going to say you're fine or you're dying, Yeah, you know? And I feel like that's what Tony's going through exactly. So mm. that leads to him sort of speaking more openly uh, than he would in the past. And that's what yeah. we get here with Davey. We're like, you know, Tony really just expresses himself pretty plainly to Davey. Mm-hmm. He really he really does. But that's such a good point that you bring up because what you're describing is in many ways how an actor could look at that situation. Obviously, James Gandolfini never, at least that we know of, has been worried about possibly going to prison. But maybe he has been waiting on results from a mm-hmm. doctor and you could play both those scenes with the same sort of emotions and worry and fear mm-hmm. that he does illustrate yeah and that's a technique that yeah could have been implemented yeah in maybe situation or yeah i just think he's probably so good he didn't need to do that but maybe it's yeah. possible yeah i mean his performance it's so dumb almost to be like james gandolfini was good in this episode <laughs> yeah. i mean he's good in every episode but he's yeah. really good in this episode because i think the times when you really notice gandolfini being good mm-hmm. um again he's always good but when he has to play something as Tony that you haven't seen him really play before yeah. or you haven't seen him play yet. And that's what you get in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, the fear. Mm-hmm. And him and Davey do have this moment that Tony just quickly shuts down. Mm-hmm. You know, if Davey's trying to go down memory lane, Tony's not having it. Mm-hmm. And this moment here where Davey says, You told me not to get in the game. Why'd you let me do it? Well, I knew you had this business here, Davy. It's my nature. Frog and the scorpion, you know? Now, besides, if, if you were the one, I'd, I'd be the one crying the blues, right? First, this, I think, was the scene that made me feel like in Happy Wanderer, Tony was playing Davy the whole time. Now, I don't, I still don't think that. I think after watching it this round, I think that up until the very moment that Davy 
the last time he asked when he was at the executive game, let me play, Tony was like, ah, fuck it. He's got a sporting goods store. If he loses, I'll win. And I think he, he didn't need much time to you know come mm-hmm. to that conclusion. And then just for him to say to Davey, like, it's in my nature. And then use the analogy of the frog and scorpion story. Mm-hmm. It's quite intellectual of Tony to compare right. himself to that story. Absolutely. And I think that it's interesting, too, that what was subtext in The Happy Wanderer is simply text. Because what Tony says here is literally exactly what's going on in The Happy Wanderer. Mm -hmm. You know, they just don't, like, state it Mm -hmm. in dialogue. But, you know, here we are a few episodes later, and we can. You know, and Tony, again, he's in that kind of different sort of mind state than what we would normally see him in. Where, you know, just the stakes are so high for him right now that... He's kind of okay just flat out telling Davey, like, yeah, this is what happened, and this is how I am, and this is what I did to you. And it wasn't really personal. It's just kind of how it works. Yeah. You know? You'll yeah. be okay. <laughs> but he just he just right. weeps, and Tony's like, oh, for Christ's sake. Well, yeah, because then that's the other thing, too. Because weirdly, even though Davey is thoroughly broken, mm-hmm. Tony, I think, in a way, still envies him because... He's like, yeah, maybe you're broken, but you can still file chapter 11. Yeah, you'll lose everything, but you'll still have your life. And like what little pieces are left, you'll be able to build them up and you'll continue living your life. You know, I, on the other hand, of course, he doesn't say it out loud, but like I'm facing jail forever. Or, you know, if it Mm. is not that, then I'm in hiding until the feds catch up with me, Mm -hmm. which they probably will do. Yeah, you know, so he sort of feels like, hey, like Davy, quit your bitching. Like right? I got it way worse than you. So we're kind of getting to the middle of the episode. I mean, we've been talking for a while now, but there's so many scenes in this episode. You know, we don't need to break down every single one, but we like to talk about just like key things. And now the next scene, not a big deal scene, is AJ's swim meet. The only thing I kind of thought about was aj's on a swim team yeah me too what since when yeah yeah just because we saw him by the pool earlier he's also on the swim team right aj and he very gracelessly jumped into that pool (laughs) (laughs) you mean robert eiler at that moment swimmer yeah okay right sure okay yeah, it's interesting that they chose swim meet of all things. Right. But, eh, okay. But it is kind of sweet how hurt you can kind of see he's in a dopey way mm-hmm. hurt that his dad wasn't there. Yeah, he's disappointed. Yeah. yeah. He almost came in third or second. second. He almost yeah, he came almost. In second. Okay, so he was third. Okay, good. Right. But where was his yeah. dad? Well, his dad was dropping off $400,000 to his <laughs> lawyer. Yeah. That Carmelo would come by in the future mm-hmm. to pick up whatever she needed mm-hmm. yeah which is an interesting uh play there yeah yeah uh and then on his way out you know tony kind of darkly says oh hey you know because um neil brings up hey what if you know the money runs out which it will because four hundred thousand, you know for their lifestyle is not a ton of money actually i don't know if carmel would still have the same lifestyle but yeah for sure yeah, so uh, when it runs out, you know, the question is, what what happens next? And Tony's like, I'll plan for that, too. Don't worry. Right. And by the way, this witness can't remain nameless forever. <laughs> yes. And he's like, yeah. I didn't hear that. Right. 
Now this next scene. Uh, so we've seen Carmela and Tony fighting a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Last episode they fought. This episode handheld during this fight. Right. Handheld camera. Right. I don't think we've seen handheld to yeah. this point. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see them shift to handheld and then it will kind of tip the viewer off to the fact that this is about to be a physical scene you know, and they mm-hmm. just want to capture it in that way. And also, I think psychologically, when you go handheld, you know, you're a little off kilter. It's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. something weird could happen here. And something weird mm-hmm. does happen. I mean, Tony is kind of at his wit's end in a way. And uh, he really talks to Carmela in a way that, like, he normally never would, where he just flat out, mm-hmm. you know, she confronts him about missing the swim meet and kind of gets in his face. I mean, it's funny because... I think a lot of Carmela's rage, and this is very much like kind of a woman in a relationship psychological thing, you know, that I, yeah. that I think you could point to where Carmela in the back of her mind is like, you know, how dare you treat me at all disrespectfully? I have options, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, women will kind of do that sometimes. Um, I, I don't know if you've experienced it. Like, I definitely have. Like, it's really interesting hmm. um, when that does happen. And she's definitely throwing that at him. And Tony just doesn't want to hear it. He's done. And he says, fuck you. Yeah. And, you know, he would usually not speak to her that way. No. Well, I, I mean, it's a very intense scene. She attacks him. Right. And he throws her. Yeah. On the couch. It's very. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. It's intense. It's intense yeah. up to this point. We have not seen this kind of aggression. Yeah. I mean, I think that he sort of, I don't know about throws her. He just launches kind of... her through the air. Yeah. And she crashed. <laughs> I mean, he has like 200 pounds on Carmella. Uh, so it doesn't really take much for, right. you know, he could sort of just like a light, you know, okay. tap, yeah. you know. Will will kind of send her to the couch, which it does. I mean, she knows that realistically, you know, she can't really do anything to Tony, and he knows the same thing. Yeah, you know, so it's sort of like just like a little bit of a shoving situation. Yes. Uh, but again, that is pretty extreme. You know, the fact that mm-hmm. he would say what he says, and that she would respond with that physical thing. I think, again, it goes back to that kind of, like, she's just really frustrated because she kind of wants to, like, be with Vic. Not mm-hmm. marry him or anything. No, no, but no. But just, you know, have a moment See with him. See what his wiener looks like. Perhaps simply that. And, you know, when she's in that state of mind to also have Tony say, fuck you. Right. You know, that's going to oh, push her about, over the edge. Yeah, yeah, it's all about her crush right. at that point. Yeah. right. And then we get our dinner scene mm-hmm. from Burgess and Green. Yes. <laughs> Tony drunk <laughs> at the kitchen table. Yeah. Meadow coming in. So is she just nasty to anybody just at the start of her conversations? Because she seems like she just walks in and she's acting so nasty. Oh, really? See, I didn't see it that way. I mean, he's there. Yeah. He's her dad. Yeah. He's drunk. And would just like to say hello. She's like, has no time because she has to go to chat rooms. Yeah, she. I have to be online. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is kind of weird. I mean, I, I guess I empathize with Meadow a little bit in this scene. Because, I mean, if you walked in, 
late at night and your dad was sitting in the dark <laughs> with the biggest <laughs> bottle of whiskey ever just downing it like it's you know grape juice <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with his like hair all crazy yeah uh you might you know want to sort of get away from him as quickly as possible <laughs> gandafini plays drunk really well i Let's noticed give that him too credit there absolutely he, he did a well. really good job yeah yeah and it did seem like Meadow was kind of insulted mm-hmm. when he compared her to him. When he says, When I tell people, you're like your mother, but you're all me. Nothing gets by you. She does not like that at all. She ends the conversation yeah. right there. She's like, now I'm going to the chat rooms. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now she's on her way to the chat rooms. But here's the funny part and we actually see an indication of this in the episode tony is right he says nothing gets by you and then we later see an example of something that would get by a lot of people but doesn't get by meadow Mm. we can talk about that when we get to the scene good so probably due to the fight with tony the vic and carmela situation escalates rather quickly yeah ramps up yeah with the kiss and the I don't know what room that is. I forget what room oh, they call room. it. Well, I know it's a bathroom. I mean, I know there's a bath, but she calls it something else. Oh, she does. I didn't notice. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I have to go back. Yeah, but escalated, huh? Right. Well, there's just a lot of passion there, a lot of vibes, you know. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's very yeah. funny when they broke apart. Yeah. After you know. Right. After their brief kiss, just yeah. Carmela's. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Mary and Joseph, I swear Sorry. to God, I never did anything like this in my no, life before. My fault. I couldn't help it. No, I said I never felt like this before. Maybe well, not in years. Maybe me, never. Me too. It'll never happen again. No, of course not. I apologize. I'm... Okay, so. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, the way that she, like, closes the door behind her, you know, when they walk in. Well, that's a clear signal that she wants him to make a move, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. it's, like, such an unnecessary thing to do but uh yeah she does close the door yeah and then you know kind of hovers near him and you know yeah they've been flirting they wanted this yeah for sure yeah for sure so they make out for like a couple seconds then immediately sort of come to their senses you know i guess so i don't think she regrets it no much at all no well she says too you know i haven't felt this way maybe in years maybe ever right you know and uh, that's also kind of a, you know, you, on one hand, it's a, a rationalization, I guess, but it could also very well be true, yeah. you know? And and when you are sort of in that situation, you know, I can kind of see how, like, you might make a move like Carmela makes when you're like, okay, obviously I'm married, obviously this is wrong, but, you know, uh, yeah. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what she was thinking, YOLO. <laughs> All right, so Junior, Junior's at home. Yes. And I was really happy to see Junior. It's been a while. It has been a while. And Richie and Janice come by. Uh, Junior's watching Melrose Place? Or The Bold and the Beautiful. Or The Bold and the Beautiful. He's watching some sort yeah. of soapy right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they bring over the drinking water, the, <laughs> the sparkling water, yeah. and a cooler, Yeah. and some kicks. Mm-hmm. And Junior, you know, nicely wants to give it to the kid that mm-hmm. washed his car. Yeah. Because he's wearing duct tape on his sneakers. Right, yeah. It's nice of Junior. I love uh, uh, Dominic Chianese's physical 
acting in this episode. <laughs> I don't. I mean, there's a better way to say that, but I'm just gonna say it that way. Okay. Uh, just the way that he is just completely sort of like the fight has gone out of him. Oh yeah. You know he's still strong. He's still junior, but he's just like I'm under house arrest. Yeah. You Tr- know. And, and Richie. Yeah. All right away trying to play junior against Tony. Mm-hmm. Junior's not having any of that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want any unrest. Yeah, he just wants to relax and want get caught up in his soaps, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like he's got the ankle bracelet. He just doesn't he's facing indictment. He just doesn't have time for this stuff anymore. And almost yeah, almost like being a psychic himself, Junior can kind of sense where this is coming from right. in Richie because yeah. he flips the table immediately to warn him about Janice. Well, it's funny. I mean, I like how this sort of you get a sort of subtle kind of in indication as to why Richie is not really boss material because he's so unsubtle. Oh yeah. And he really just over eager jumps the gun straight up says, let's kill Tony, you yeah. know, just like flat out. And it just doesn't land, you no. know, it doesn't work. Like junior may consider going down that road if he had been sort of like eased into it and warmed up more. But I think Richie just being so like bald faced about it, uh, junior's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other, uh, character that we hadn't seen for a long time, but she already made a presence early on is Livia. And Meadow goes to see Livia because she got accepted to Berkeley and NYU and some other places. A wait list for Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, despite Carmela's efforts. Right. Yeah, exactly. Only good enough for a wait list. Poor Nancy Marchand. Because you can really see, like, if she wasn't at this point struggling with mm-hmm. lung cancer, uh, she definitely seems like she's waning. Oh, yeah. No, I really noticed it in this scene that she seemed to be in poor health and that she was like in physical decline. But, you know, I think it's tremendous, you know, that she was still involved in the series at this point and they still gave her work to do and she still showed up to do it and, you know, pushed through these scenes and like was still very entertaining as Livia. Yeah. So Vic calls saying that he wanted to apologize for the kiss but Carmela simply wants to see him again. Yeah. Which, you know, which I can sense. only assume means if they did, if they yeah. did actually eventually meet up, would they have had sex? I don't think so. I don't think Carmela would go that far. I, I think that know. this is kind of like more of a Father Phil thing where like she hmm. Father Phil, you know, season 1, yeah. where she'll probably Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she'll she'll let it go far but she won't let it go too far okay you know what i mean i, I kind of think that's what it is i think she wants to flirt some more i think she wants to like sort of do a little like pre-cuddle or something spank bank what spank bank spank bank she's adding more yeah time with vic that can be deposited to her spank into bank. her spank bank yeah and then you know later she can yeah know, cash it out yeah, yeah, yeah. Withdraw some spank. Wow. <laughs> yeah, more ammunition for the spank bank. Oh, man. Uh, but you're absolutely correct. Maybe. No, you're definitely correct. Emotional spank bank, maybe. Oh, okay. That's you better. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I can I can go with that. Okay. For sure. For sure. Now, the next scene, we have the witness reacting. 
to the mm-hmm. news that he was lied to by the detectives. Mm-hmm. Are they really listening? I, I, maybe this is popular, a popular song. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a, a famous person. I, I don't know. It just sounds like they're listening to the chimes of a piano, like a child mm-hmm. or a cat walking yeah. across the keys of a piano. Well, this character is actually really funny. We didn't talk about him in the first scene, but yeah. this character, the witness, who I don't believe is even ever named. I no. wonder how he's referred to in the script. I am curious. Uh, he's funny because he is such a, you know, almost cliched, like almost unrealistic kind of depiction of a straight arrow type guy oh yeah and just the way that he talks he's like i just want to do the right thing i came right to you guys you know (laughs) i didn't hesitate and oh was that kid that got involved was he or that kid that got killed was he involved in crack you know like he's he basically in his mind is captain america you know so virtuous and pure right and i guess you know he's like religious or something you know um it's odd to just be there in the evening, you know, across from your wife. He's reading with his glass of wine while they're listening to that music. She's dressed in kind of an odd way too. Like Mm. so uh, conservatively, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just sort of as far away from what Tony represents as can be. (laughs) Yes. And then when she does discover it, he quickly recants mm-hmm. and gets up and that just that moment of their mm-hmm. sheer panic mm-hmm. is so funny mm-hmm. when he's running to the refrigerator. He's like, we're on the fridge. On the fridge, on the fridge. We're on the fucking fridge. I knew it. I knew it. But you had to be the big man. Yeah. It's she's so funny. Yeah. It is really great. So terrified. Um, this couple but yeah it works out perfectly for tony in an unexpected way because uh this witness is not really going to be a witness anymore right and you know what's cool too and i just thought about it you know the witness uh storyline is bookended by pure chance and luck yeah right so it's just pure bad luck that tony was spotted by this guy Mm -hmm. and then it's just pure luck that you know the guy that spotted him is removed from the equation yeah you know it's just that's all we need in sopranos chance yeah exactly that's a good point now we get a really really good scene with uh vic confronting davy in the bar yeah and it's really important us for you know for us to see davy tell someone how far he has sunk yeah his family He's lost everything. Yeah. Literally. Because he he hasn't been able to tell somebody outside of Tony's crew. Yeah. And now he's sharing it with somebody who would not have expected this. Yeah. And that moment, that realization, and the the actor, forgot his name, plays Vic, mm-hmm. just does a really great job of hearing this information and mm-hmm. reacting to it and feeling sick about it because... As much as I hate Eric's punchable face, Mm -hmm. he blew his college fund. Yeah. Like, damn. Yeah, your son, you know, got into one of the elite universities in the country. And now you have made that, you know, possibly impossible. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, as a father, you know, how could you really live with yourself that you sort of destroyed your son's future in that Mm -hmm. sense? Or, Or 
you know, really put your son's future in jeopardy. Uh, so it's heavy shit. You know, we get some more great crying from Robert Patrick. Like I said, mm-hmm. I think he cries in almost every episode. He had to do a lot of crying in yeah, this one. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, yeah, but he's just totally done. You know, he has absolutely nothing. And then, yeah, that capper. Well, now... Vic seems to care about who Tony Soprano is. Apparently, right. all he needed was this anecdote. Right. You know, uh, which is a little weird, but fine. Well, I think more importantly, yeah. it's this is Carmela's husband. Yes. This is the man yeah. that I potentially right. could ruin my life with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like that. You know, that's actually a really great pivot because, you know, Vic is uh, very... You know, he's upset, obviously, in this scene. He's really angry at Davey. But ultimately, Vic sees himself as the one who's going to be in charge, and he's in control, and he knows Mm -hmm. what to do, and he can handle things. He's up. Davey is down. But then at the end of the scene, Vic is knocked down, like, fully. You know, now he is, like, in shock and horror. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, like, he's scared, and he should be. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good button on that yeah. storyline. And then the button on Tony's storyline, he gets the news that the witness has recanted. Mm-hmm. And it's a great relief. And Tony goes into that very room that Carmela and Vic kissed in. It was like the nearest room with the most privacy. Because basically, you know, when he gets the news, uh, it's a really nice moment because AJ's just completely oblivious as he would be to what Tony is going through. And he's just on his floor doing his homework. And you get that moment of Gandolfini looking down at his son Mm -hmm. and realizing, okay, I don't have to leave him. And he almost like cries on the spot, you know, and then he goes into the uh, odd bathroom, right? right? Where Carmela and Vic had their moment. And then he basically like almost cries there. Yeah. Uh, So this is huge for him. I mean, again, yeah, it goes back to what I was saying. You know, he got the, you know, your benign (laughs) Mm -hmm. diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And he relates this to Melfi, Mm -hmm. who, again, I noticed Melfi, like, touching herself in a, like, coy way. Like, almost like she was almost playing with her hair, but Mm -hmm. she's clutching herself. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, there's something going on with Melfi that I'd like to see more of mm-hmm. why like what's going on yeah perhaps other, we will see a little bit more yeah other than just you know the pills and the right the extra drinking yeah. yeah yeah but she gives him that basically that closing line of the question is how do you stop and he says you know what what i dodged a very big bullet and i'm feeling pretty fucking good about it so i don't need any more psychiatry today yeah, so in our previous scene, we had Melfi cut off the session early, and now it's Tony's turn. Yeah. Because, yeah, he just wants to relax and celebrate, you know? Mm-hmm. He basically was looking at possibly, you know, the end of life as he knew it. And now that that's not coming to pass, uh, he doesn't want any more analysis. Right. And what he does next, we have to explain, you have to explain this to me. Why does he go to Beansy with $50,000? For Beansy to put that money under, you know, spinal cord injury or, or what? Mm-hmm. What is what is that? Is that just Tony trying to feel good about himself that he's doing a good deed because he's been, you know, vindicated of this crime? 
that now he should do something good and he yeah. wants to do it through Beansy, not, you know, indirectly through Beansy. Right. Is that all it is? I think so. Yeah. I agree. It's kind of a weird scene, you know, uh, yeah. but I think that you got it. Mm. And again, another concluding a uh, great expression from Gandolfini. He's literally just, he's like beaming he really as he is. walks away. Like he couldn't be happier with but what's, what's wrong just with Beansy? Why is he being a prick? <laughs> I don't get it. He's being a very, he's a huge prick to Tony. Well, I mean, I think that Beansy's just sort of mired in self-pity at this point. You know, he's really, really unhappy. And, yeah. and uh, you know, he's still sort of upset with Tony because part of what's going on with Beansy is like, hey, none of this would have happened had you protected me better. And I thought that I was under your protection and mm-hmm. and look what happened, Yeah, you know. Uh, but I have to say, Tony walking in and saying to Beansy as he sits in his wheelchair, Your license and registration, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's good. It's a good line. So from that scene with Beansy, we head back to the Soprano household and Carmela is preparing this lovely lunch that she's thinking she's going to be having with Vic because remember when she was on the phone, she said how she was going to make this nice meal and prepare all this for him and he was very excited to come and she was very excited about it and so she's right. really, you know, stepping up the the crush flirtation game. Yeah, here. yeah. And there was actually a moment in that scene during that phone conversation that I forgot to mention while we were oh, talking okay. about that scene. And it's when Meadow comes in at the end, at the end of the conversation, and she asks Carmela who she was talking to. And Carmela's mm-hmm. like, oh, nobody, the wallpaper guy. Right. But it actually reminded me of what Tony said in his scene with Meadow when he was like, nothing gets by you. Hmm. Meadow is perceptive. She knows that something is up. Yeah, you, you know, she doesn't it. know what it is, but something's up. And so that's why she asked that question. And and Meadow always knows something's up right. when something is up. You know, think about the college episode after, you know, he kills Febby. Uh, she looks at all of this evidence and she's kind of like, what happened? You right. know? Yeah. And I think that like a kid that was just sort of a normal, innocent kid that age... Uh, wouldn't pick up on any of the clues. But Meadow is good at picking up on the clues. She absolutely is. She has intuition. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because Carmela is upset to find that mm-hmm. Ramon is coming by yeah. because obviously Vic doesn't want to hang out with her anymore. Yeah, Vic wimped out. Um, I mean, smartly wimped out. Yes, he did. <laughs> I almost thought you said whipped out. Oh. <laughs> no, Vic he did not. Me. He didn't whip anything out. No, he didn't. Uh, he did quite the opposite. Yeah, he um, yeah, he, he wimped out, and he was right to do so. And we can naturally assume that uh, Carmela will never see Vic ever again. Ever again. It's time for him to lamb chop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we get the closing of Ramsey's sporting goods store. Right. Closing Davy's story out for good as yeah. well. Probably won't see Davy either right. since he's no more of a use to right. Tony. Yeah, thoroughly steamrolled and crushed. Yeah. And so Tony now can really enjoy the time with AJ. It doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have to feel like the end. Mm-hmm. And enjoy, you know, some sailing with this kid. Right. Well, this is 
really classic Sopranos writing, I would say. Mm. This concluding scene. Uh, they're having a nice father-son bonding moment. Tony is teaching AJ, you know, how you uh, drive a boat. And as the boat gets underway and they increase, you know, the speed, uh, they, like, knock over these two guys in a much smaller boat, uh, just kind of totally capsize them. Yeah. And completely don't give a shit. No. And then, you know, that great song comes in and Tony is just so oblivious and so is... AJ and mm-hmm. for them they're just happy and it's like the reason why I call it classic Sopranos is because it is so symbolic of everything that Tony represents Tony has the big boat he has the power he's in charge mm-hmm. and he doesn't care about the literal little guy yeah that he has to step on to get to you know his success and his prosperity, yeah. and so that image of the big boat knocking over the little boat and Tony not even really noticing that hey that's what it's all about. It is. Well, that does it for this episode of the Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen, and I'm Hannibal Diaz. There are many ways you can support this podcast. One way is going to iTunes and hitting subscribe and leaving a review or a comment and going on Twitter and Facebook and liking us at The Soprano Show. But like we do with every episode, ending with our favorite lines. Hannibal, did you have a favorite line from this episode? My favorite line in this episode comes from Junior when he is symbolically shutting Richie down after Richie says, let's kill Tony. Yeah. And Junior just completely pivots with an anecdote about Janice, which is quite funny when he says, uh, let me tell you who's not a good kid. That niece of mine, I left my brother's house one night and my wallet was light. I'm talking about a 10 year old girl here, Richie. And the fact is what I love about that is that it's so true to Janice. Uh, Of course, baby Janice (laughs) (laughs) took buddy out of her uncle's wallet oh it's just so, flat out stole yeah you know? it's so funny and it's funny too that you picked an uncle junior line because i have an uncle junior line as well that's so funny because he only has like one scene in the episode i, I know <laughs> but he he's watching that bold and the beautiful young and the restless whatever mm-hmm. melrose whatever but he he's interrupted by richie and janice and then but he overhears something that happens on the tv and he says she says she was knocked up oh fuck i turn my head one second and they slip one in on you it's a bhutan at this one fucked an awesome investigator last week yeah that's so good that he's so invested yeah in his house arrest right what else is there to do except watch some crap